What is the history of Carnival? Where is Carnival celebrated? What are some of the Carnival traditions celebrated in Brazil? What about Italy? How is Mardi Gras celebrated in the United States? We'll answer these questions and more in today's episode on Carnival in Brazil, Italy, and New Orleans. Welcome to Wiser World, a podcast for busy people who need a refresher on all things world. Here we explore different regions of the globe, giving you the facts and context you need to think historically about current events. I truly believe that the more we learn about the world, the more we embrace our shared humanity. I'm your host, Allie Roper. Thanks for being here. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Every year in over 50 countries, a huge festival called Carnival is celebrated. And the history of Carnival is centuries old and has a lot of history. But in this episode, I hope to give you the basics so that you can have a foundational understanding of it. And I know that Carnival is pronounced differently in every country that it's celebrated in. But I speak Spanish, and so for the most part, I'm just going to call it Carnival because I think it sounds way better than Carnival, and it's most comfortable for me. So just know that I am doing my best with pronunciation in this episode. All right, let's uh, go learn about this because it's super fascinating. Carnival is said to have originated in Egypt as a non-religious festival to say goodbye to winter and welcome in spring. But then Alexander the Great, the king of Macedonia, conquered Egypt, and the Greeks adopted the festival. This was in like the 300 BCs. This is a very, very long time ago. It became a Greek spring festival to honor the god Dionysus, which is the Greek god of wine and parties. And then the Romans adopted Carnival. And then as Christianity spread throughout Europe, the Roman Catholic Church modified it, and it became associated with the season of Lent or Lenten, in Christianity. Now, Lent is a 40-day period of sacrifice, wherein some Christians prepare for Easter. Not all Christians celebrate Lent, but many do, especially the Catholic Church. And these Christians spend the 40 days before Easter, which is the celebration of Jesus Christ's resurrection. They spend these 40 days praying, fasting, reflecting, During Lent, it's encouraged to choose to give up something or fast from something. And back in the day, it was really common to fast from alcohol or meats or fats. And now the fast can be almost anything. Like I have friends who have fasted from social media for 40 days or sugar or what have you. But the thing that's unique about Carnival is that it happens before the Lent season. And over time, it's become almost like a pregame, kind of like, hey, we're about to go through this time of fasting and restraint, so let's overindulge and party it up beforehand. And when it was first adopted by the Roman Catholic Church over a thousand years ago, I'm sure that it was not intended to be quite the level that it's gotten to. I'm sure it was more like, hey, let's eat through our stored fats before they go rancid kind of a deal. 
But now it has become a major party holiday. And Carnival is kind of like a celebration packed full of all of the things that Lent forbids, like lots of drinking and eating sweets and eating more meats and fats and lots of parties. And Carnival is celebrated on different days in different countries, but it's always before Ash Wednesday which begins this 40-day period before Easter. And this is coming up quickly. Ash Wednesday is February 22nd in the year 2023 when I'm recording this. And some Christian religions celebrate Ash Wednesday on March 1st, but most celebrate it on February 22nd. So Carnival has these religious undertones, But it has taken on a life of its own in the last over a thousand years that it has been going on. In fact, not all people who celebrate Carnival are religious, and some don't even know that it has religious undertones of Christianity. And currently, Carnival is celebrated in over 50 countries, and this is largely because those European nations that celebrated Carnival for many, many years conquered other places around the world. This is often called imperialism or colonialism. And they brought the Carnival tradition to these new places. So the Portuguese, for example, brought Carnival to Brazil. The French brought it to New Orleans, Louisiana, in the United States. It's celebrated in Italy and Germany. You get it. Then over time, Carnival in the new locations developed their own traditions. And now we have lots of different ways to celebrate it. As of now, the biggest Carnivals are found in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil in Spain, in Italy, in Trinidad and Tobago, which is located just north of Venezuela, just north of South America, and New Orleans in the United States. It's even celebrated in Quebec, Canada. So it's absolutely a global celebration, and each country and location has its own unique traditions. But in this episode, I want to talk about Carnival in three places, in Brazil, in Italy, and in New Orleans. Let's start with Brazil, Carnival in Brazil is started in the early 1700s when Portuguese immigrants first arrived. And in the 1800s, Carnival was where Portuguese royalty and the aristocracy, the rich people, would have these big balls and they would wear masks and costumes. And it wasn't until the end of the 1800s when the working classes became more involved and would join in in the parades. And throughout this time period, from the 1500s to the 1860s, Millions of Black Africans were brought to Brazil to work. Much of Brazil was built by African slaves. And during the days of slavery, the Africans shared their music with the Portuguese and the indigenous Brazilians. And one particular type of music, the samba, really took off. Samba is a huge deal in Brazil, especially in Carnival, and really shows off the African heritage in Brazil. In the last 100 years, Carnival has become a five to seven day celebration in Brazil. And across the country, it's very common for people to get work off. So even those who don't celebrate Carnival are not really super interested in the parties. They still go on vacation with their families often, will, you know, get houses on the beach, things like that. It's a national holiday where social unity, the combination of classes, it's very celebrated. And in the large cities like Rio de Janeiro, which has the biggest Carnival in the world, There are these huge parades. In fact, there are streets made specifically for the parades of Carnival. And these parades are led by samba schools. These samba schools have been around for around 100 years now. And they organize these huge choreographed dances, these blocks of choreographed dances to samba music. And they work all year to prepare for Carnival and to compete to win awards. 
Also kind of a fun note, throughout the years, Samba schools have like at times choreographed dances to show their political beliefs and approval and disapproval of the government. I thought that was very interesting. Even in smaller Brazilian towns, there are usually parades for the public of some sort. And again, each area of Brazil has really unique traditions based on the local folklore because Brazil is huge, right? So the the parties in the north are going to look very different from the parties in the south. In the big cities, the parades are massive. The floats are huge. Go look up some pictures. It's really a big deal. Carnival in Brazil is a unique blend of Afro-Brazilian music with European instruments and then the clothing of the indigenous Brazilians with feathers and bright clothing. And each area of Brazil kind of has slightly different musics and music and twists on things. The costumes in the parade are very intricate. We have feathers and jewels and bright colors. I'm sure to be a costume designer for Carnival is like a full-time job all year. And when you look up these pictures of Carnival in Brazil, just be aware, many of them show a lot of skin. So just a heads up. And people who attend the parade and aren't necessarily in it, they often dress up as well. They can dress up as anything. And in fact, it sometimes reminds me a little bit of like Halloween in the United States in the sense that people dress up for this. And Carnival is not only parades, but it's also a time to party. And like I said earlier, totally indulge. So in some areas, mostly coastal cities like Rio, the parties go on for days and days, and every night there are these huge block parties. And over 400 million liters of beer are consumed during carnival season. Beer companies love Brazilian carnival. Lots of food uh, is very popular during carnival since it's summertime in Brazil. They have a lot of outdoor street food. We're talking barbecued meats, queijo, which is a round cheese bread, lots of different types of street food, very popular, but the most popular is definitely the alcohol. And ultimately, it is the biggest holiday in Brazil and a nonstop party. So that's Brazil. Now let's talk about Italy. In Italy, Carnival is called Carnevale, and it looks a bit different than it does in Brazil. The biggest Carnevale celebration in Italy is in Venice. And it's a huge winter festival. Lots of parades, masquerade balls, music, parties, the same themes of overindulgence apply in Italy, but again, without those Afro-Brazilian and indigenous influences. And Italian children throw confetti at each other. They sometimes even throw like flour and raw eggs too. It's a time of mischief. And a common saying is anything goes in Carnevale. So little boys love to do pranks during carnival season, like elementary school kids are known for using like fart cushions or stink bombs to play practical jokes on each other. Face painting is also common. And if you've ever seen Venetian masks that are sold in Italy, these are very popular during Carnivale, along with capes as part of the costumes. In Venice, the celebrations last for two weeks, sometimes up to a month. People wander through the streets in masks and costumes, going from party to party, and children wear costumes, dressing up as anything they want, like Batman or a clown or fairies or princesses. Hotels will have these high-end masquerade parties, and there are private parties as well. There are parades and fireworks. In other parts of Italy, there are huge floats in the parades that are made out of paper mache. And floats can also be political in Italy. Sometimes they can be very satirical on expressing frustration with the government. And you guys, these floats, they are huge and so unique. Go Google the carnival floats in Italy. It will blow your mind. In the town of Ivrea, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong, 
but there is a huge orange throwing battle where tons of oranges are hurled around. And the story of that has medieval roots and has stuck in the town's folklore. So every town does it a little bit differently, but there usually is some kind of parade. There's parties and feasts, and it kind of brightens up the doldrums of winter in Italy. And food is a huge deal in Italy any time of the year. But Carnivale has its own unique treats, and every Italian area has its own unique Carnivale foods. But some of the most common are the crostoli, which are like ribbons of fried sweet dough, and they're kind of covered in powdered sugar. They look delicious. These are also called galani in Venice, and different names for different regions. Fritelle is a round fried dough, usually dipped in sugar or sometimes filled with different fillings like custards and creams, and all of the Italian foods for carnivale seem to be like fried doughs. So they all look very delicious to me, very indulgent oils. Again, themes of fats and indulging before the Lenten season. So that's just a little, you know, we're going to dip our toes into carnivale in Italy. Okay, the last area I want to cover is in the United States in New Orleans, Louisiana. And carnival there is most often called Mardi Gras. And Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday in French which is the day before Ash Wednesday. And if you remember right, Ash Wednesday is when the Lenten season begins. So it's kind of like the final celebration before Lent. And a French-Canadian explorer arrived in Louisiana in the late late 1600s. And with the French came the traditions, and one of those was Mardi Gras. So Mardi Gras has been in the New Orleans area in nearby Alabama since the early 1700s when settlers and French soldiers began to celebrate it. The history of Mardi Gras in the U.S. is long. It has seasons of being suppressed. But when Louisiana became a U.S. state in 1812, Carnival did become more of a tradition with costumes and parades, very similar to how the French did it. And in 1857, a secret group of New Orleans businessmen called the Crew of Comus organized the first themed Mardi Gras procession or parade. And since then, crews are an integral part of Mardi Gras. A crew is essentially a group of people or like a club or association that puts on these huge parades of Mardi Gras. Their job is to celebrate Carnival. So they host balls and throw parties and design floats. You get it. Crews are a pretty big deal. Some allow people to join and some are very exclusive. Like you have to get sponsored to get in. Crew royalty is chosen every year with each crew having a king or queen. And each crew chooses its king or queen differently. So lots of culture built into Mardi Gras. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. 
Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Currently, Mardi Gras is a week-long festival that's celebrated in New Orleans and in surrounding areas like parts of Alabama and Mississippi. Just like other carnivals, costumes and masks, parades and parties are all popular during Mardi Gras. They just have their own twist, right? During parades of Mardi Gras, beaded necklaces are really popular. They are purple, green, and gold. I'm sure you've seen them before. This is because those colors are actually Christian symbols for justice, faith, and power. These beads are the symbol of the New Orleans Mardi Gras. And another symbol of Mardi Gras is the king cake. This cake has medieval roots, has a very long history, and it's named after Three Kings Day, which is the day 12 days after Christmas, January 6th. And it kind of highlights the three kings or the wise men who came to visit Jesus. So it, again, has deep Christian roots. This cake is a buttery pastry. It's almost like brioche cake, and it comes in a ring shape like a crown. Most are filled with cream cheese or are vanilla or cinnamon flavored, and they're usually decorated with green and purple and yellow sprinkles. Again, the green symbolizing faith, purple for power, yellow for justice. And hidden inside this cake is a tiny plastic baby symbolizing the baby Jesus or a symbol of luck. So whoever gets the slice with the baby is crowned king or queen of the day and is said to have a lucky year. Something else they do in New Orleans is the flambeau or flaming torch. Back in the day, these torches were used to see the parade at night. So they had a very practical purpose and they were usually held by slaves or free men of color. And over time, men began waving and twirling them, and the elaborate performances soon became part of the tradition. So now you can see them in many crews during the parades. Ultimately, the big things to know about Carnival are that they happen before Lent season, before that 40-day period of sacrifice before Easter, that the celebrations are of massive proportions with the themes being generally indulgence and parties and costumes and parades. And while every area that celebrates Carnival does it differently, they all have similar veins running through them all. And if you're going to an area for Carnival or around Carnival time, I would recommend doing your research and learning how family-friendly it is. There's a lot of variants to it. And the research that I did, seeing different places, some are more family-friendly and some are definitely not family-friendly. So it's just helpful to know what you're getting into. It was so fun to learn about Carnival and talk about these celebrations today. And I hope you learned something new. If you did, please share this episode with someone you know. Carnival season is almost upon us. And I'll be back in two weeks. And let's go make the world a little wiser. 